Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. Each week the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today we're taking a look at inflation. It's a theme that's pretty ubiquitous right now and certainly one we'll return to as we look to the year ahead in a few weeks time here on this programme. But we're also putting it front and centre on this week's edition and the facts certainly justify that. In 2021, the prices of goods and services rose more than they did in any year since 2008, leading to wide-ranging concerns across the potential impact on consumer spending, interest rates and corporate margins. Under the UBS base case, set out in the CIO's Year Ahead report, inflation will fall from currently high levels over the course of next year, reducing those pressures and supporting equities. But what if inflation proves somewhat stickier than expected? Whilst the view may be that inflation will recede through 2022, what if adverse winter weather keeps prices elevated? Or if environmental regulation equals higher than expected taxes on pollution? Or if labour markets fail to recover in the way we might expect? Or if it simply takes longer for pandemic-related issues to resolve? Well, here to hopefully answer some of those questions for us are a couple of regular voices on this programme. First up is Dean Turner, economist in the UBS Global Wealth Management CIO here in London. It's great to speak with you once again, Dean. It is interesting. I was watching the European conference, some of the open sessions a couple of weeks back, and actually a lot of the conversations both there and just elsewhere, to be honest, reading, you know, read, reading the, the, the business papers, is this question about inflation is it is it here to is it here to stay i don't know whether it dominates you know the conversations that you have with clients i imagine it probably it probably does um but before we get into the potential for inflation to 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 stay and what ubs's base cases are just tell us a little bit about what exactly is happening and what's brought us here tell us a little bit i suppose of the story of 2021 and why we have been in this inflationary environment Absolutely. And, you know, the first thing I would say is that you were absolutely correct that uh, inflation is the number one topic of conversation that uh, we are having with clients. And when you look at the uh, environment around us, it's uh, it's easy to understand why. Um, you know, every month we seem to get a new headline uh, that suggests that inflation is hitting uh, new, uh, new decade highs. And, uh, and and that's the case. But, you know, ju- just, to, just to explain a little as to how we've got there, we have to really put um, the pricing dynamic in the context of the pandemic. Now, if we think back, you know, today, November, we're well beyond a year past what the depth of the pandemic in terms of, you know, the slump that uh, that hit the economy. And what we saw in 2020 was very much a hit to demand. And as demand was hit, especially for products such as oil and, and, other, and other energy prices, the prices fell quite sharply. You may remember that at one point in 2020, oil prices actually went negative for a few minutes in New York trading. Now, look, fast forward a whole year and what's happened? Well, you know, economies have largely returned back to something approximating normal. Sure, there is still the legacy of the pandemic with us, but, you know, patterns of consumption have really returned. And what that means is that prices have just rebounded back to where they previously were. And in some cases, yes, they have gone higher. But, you know, when you compare the year-on-year effects, i.e. if we take the average price of a barrel of oil last year, it would be somewhere in the region of $40 compared to 
where it is today, you know, around $80 prior to uh, this week's uh, market moves, you know, that's almost a doubling. And, you know, it's not unusual that we see these kind of patterns. You know, the the, the point I made earlier about um, we see lots of newspaper headlines, inflation hitting a decade high. That's true. But if we think back a decade ago, that was actually when we was emerging from the last recession, the global financial crisis. So these huge price swings that we're seeing at the moment, whilst they're painful, whilst they're making the headlines, are not really as unusual as they seem. So, so Ding, does it then therefore follow that if we do look into 2022 and look at some of kind of, you know, the base cases that you and your colleagues are are, are considering, that it is, you know, the, the reason that we might perhaps looking at those expect uh, inflation to, to subside in the next 12 months is because exactly as you've described it, this was an exceptional surge in demand. It outstripped the ability of supply to keep pace for all the reasons that are, are well documented and consequently you know, is that the key thing that's informing this prediction that things will subside uh, significantly in the next 12 months? Absolutely. And, and, you know, let's also be clear, in the next couple of months, I think inflation goes actually higher because a lot of those base effects, as well as some of the supply chain disruptions, are still with us. But, um, and, and including in that, we mustn't also forget there are a number of technical factors. You know, inflation, as we see it reported, the, the, the consumer price index isn't really the inflation that you're or I or anyone listening experiences, it's what statisticians calculate. And there's, uh, there are some quirks that go into those numbers. But you know, without getting too technical into that, it, it, is, it is extremely likely, in my view, that we do see inflation peak within the next three to four months. And then a lot of those effects, those base effects, will start to weigh on inflation. And there is also an additional potential downside uh, pressure on inflation. And that is the fact that because demand has been so strong and supply, believe it or not, has actually risen to the challenge of meeting demand, it just hasn't risen enough, that there is actually a, um, a danger that as we get into the latter half of next year, we could actually see a, a, a situation where supply is actually outstripping demand again. So again, that could be another factor that uh, weighs on the outlook. Now, look, I or no other economist can give you a precise date or month when inflation is going to peak, but I remain pretty confident that by the time we get to the end of next year, the, the, the levels of inflation, the year-on-year rates of inflation that we're seeing will be substantially less than what they are today. I don't know whether this is even sort of helpful to, to, to bring up in this in this context, Dean, but, I, you know, it reminded me of when I was at school learning about, you know, stagflation from the, from the 1970s. But people have talked about that. I mean, maybe I, I don't know whether that sort of has kind of fallen a little bit by the wayside. But do you understand why people raise that that spectre, given these, you know, all these different pressures that you've been talking about? Absolutely, um, because we are in a situation where technically growth is slowing. You know, but growth is slowing from an exceptionally fast rate um, that was uh, the legacy of the um, reopening of the global economy this year, and we are in an environment where inflation is rising. So those concerns are absolutely understandable. But what I would say is that you know, when we talk about stagflation, we can talk about the technicality of slowing growth, perhaps, and high and persistent inflation. But there's certainly not a situation that we were back in the 1970s. You know, we've got to remember that there were a lot of other things going on at the time. You know, in the United States, we had price controls. There were significant labour market disruptions. You know, um, we, we all know about the situation in the UK with uh, the three-day week in the 1970s, etc. So, you know, it's a very, very different environment today than what we saw in the 1970s. You know, look, I, I, I'm not going to s- stand here and suggest to you that there isn't a possibility 
possibility that we can see slightly weaker growth and slightly higher inflation um, next year. But in my mind, that's not stagflation. That's just an economy that's going through the tail end of normalising after what's been quite a big, uh, quite a big economic shock, quite frankly. Dean Turner, just finally then, if that is the backdrop, that's the economics, even a little bit of a history lesson for me, which is very much appreciated. (laughs) Um, I guess if we throw things forward, the key question then is, what do central banks actually do about this then? Yeah, but look, that, that's a great question, and, and in my mind, that's that, that's going to be the most important question as we're going through um, go, go, going through 2022. I think that you know, as we go through next year, central bankers will retain an element of caution, but an element of caution isn't going to prevent the majority of them from still tightening monetary policy. Um, we had some pretty hawkish comments from uh, uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell suggesting that taper can probably happen a little bit sooner. I think here in the UK, we're going to be amongst one of the central banks um, that does actually hike rates as we go through 2022. So I I do think that what we're going to see is a normalisation of monetary policy or gradual normalisation is perhaps how I should should say it. So interest rates are going higher in this environment, but I still think that there will be an eye of caution on, on the growth backdrop. And whilst inflation may be above target today, you know, central bankers really focus more on where inflation is going to be two years out. And that, in my mind, gives them the excuse to retain that degree of caution because on all metrics and on all forecasts, it's hard to see how inflation is very high two years hence. Next, let's turn to Kieran Ganesh, strategist in the UBS Global Wealth Management CIO. So, Kieran, Dean Turner set up the backdrop, explained some of the economics of what's happening. But can you tell us, Kieran, going, I guess, right back to basics, why is inflation important? Well, inflation is important for markets for a couple of reasons. First, changes in inflation tend to influence expectations for what central banks are going to do with interest rates. And that tends to be important for both equity and fixed income markets, because when central banks raise interest rates, it tends to depress the values of financial assets. So high periods of inflation tend to lead to concerns about potential rate hikes. Um, Inflation is also important uh, for investors um, because over time it erodes the value of assets and erodes the value of cash um, because over time you're just simply not able to buy as much as you used to be because of rising prices. Um, So that is something that longer term investors need to factor in to their uh, investment decisions um, because if their investments aren't growing at or above the rate of inflation, then they're effectively becoming poorer over time. What does the current inflation outlook mean for markets, Kieran? The current inflation outlook is one of relatively high inflation at the moment. We expect to see that inflation increasing in the months ahead, and particularly because of the Omicron variant, which is likely to lead to even more uh, supply chain disruptions and disruptions to uh, the labour market. Um, But we do expect to see inflation falling quite sharply over the course of 2022 um, as energy prices stabilise and as supply chains gradually uh, adapt to the uh, post-pandemic pandemic environment. 
Um, for markets, this means that we're in a period of nervousness uh, at the moment because inflation is high and rising, and that's leading to a lot of nervousness about what it might mean uh, for central bank policy and whether we're actually entering a new regime of higher inflation. Um, but overall, we think that a, an environment of falling inflation over the course of 2022 should give some reassurance to markets and be positive uh, overall for uh, equities. Traditionally, Kieran, how have investors approached inflation and what should they be thinking about now? Uh, traditionally, investors have thought about inflation as something they should hedge using assets like gold and like commodities, um, because these tend to be assets which perform well in inflationary uh, environments. Um, I think it is important to uh, draw a distinction between causation and correlation. Um, sometimes because rising oil prices are the cause of high inflation, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can always hedge higher inflation using oil prices because inflation could come from uh, other potential sources. Um, we think that this time uh, the best ways to hedge inflation are, yes, using, using commodities because we think that uh, oil price increases and energy price increases are a risk uh, for uh, higher inflation. Um, we would caution against using um, gold at this stage because we think that an environment of rising uh, real interest rates uh, in the US is likely to depress um, gold prices. Um, but we think that investors generally should also look at things like hedge funds and making sure they've got an adequate allocation to equities. And because in higher inflation environments, you tend to see uh, increasing correlations between equities and bonds. And that means that portfolios can get more volatile. So it's more important to invest in assets like uh, hedge funds to help uh, diversify portfolios. Uh, and being invested in equities, um, of course, helps ensure continued uh, real growth over the longer term. Is the current environment markedly different for investors than previous periods of particular inflationary pressure, Kieran? The current inflation environment is different from what investors have experienced uh, recently, mainly because it simply exists. We, we haven't had uh, a period of inflation remaining above 4 or 5% for any sustained period, um, really, uh, unless we look back to the uh, 1980s. Um, so it, it's a very new environment for um, a lot of investors. Um, and I think it is an uncertain time because it's quite hard to unpick how much of these factors are um, transitory and related to the pandemic and how many of them are structural. So you know, certainly a different environment than what uh, most investors who've operated over the past uh, 20 or 30 years um, have experienced uh, in, in their careers. If we look ahead, is the key thing to watch out for what happens to wage inflation from a, a whole economy perspective? Will that be more important, even if inflation does indeed prove a little stickier than the UBS space case? We think wage inflation is a really important uh, factor to watch when it comes to um, inflation because uh, I think the, the market and central banks and policymakers will be uh, content to have a short period um, of elevated inflation if it's being driven by issues like uh, problems with supply chains and delivery times and oil prices. Um, where they're going to get more concerned is if we've got an environment where 
those increases in prices are feeding through into higher wage expectations, which in turn feed through into higher prices, which in turn feed through back into higher wage uh, expectations, because then you end up with this cycle of high structural inflation, um, but without any improvements in productivity. And that's really what we saw in the 1970s. And I think uh, investors and policymakers would certainly rather avoid a return to that environment. So wage inflation will be a key um, factor to watch and, and trying to understand to what extent is this um, likely temporary period of inflation feeding through into uh, factors which could make it more structural. Um, we'll also be closely watching um, inflation break-evens as a measure of longer-term inflation expectations. Um, there are also a number of surveys where consumers are asked about their expectations for inflation, both in the short and longer term. And again, those will be important measures to uh, look out for as we try to understand to what extent is this uh, inflationary episode cyclical or structural. A final thought then, Kieran, perhaps something for investors to bear in mind? Nothing, no, too much to add. I think that it is important for investors to factor inflation into their asset allocation decision making, both in the short and the longer term. Um, we think in the short term, it speaks to diversification you know, across a broad range of uh, asset classes uh, and making sure that uh, equities are diversified um, by sector, including cyclicals and defensives um, in there, because you know, as inflation uncertainty works its way through, and we are likely to see volatility, and you're going to need that diversification. Um, for the longer term is where inflation is much more important, and uh, many people neglect whether they're doing uh, pension planning or other kind of long-term planning and remembering that prices will be substantially higher than they are today in 20 or 30 years time uh, and making sure that uh, your investment portfolio is set up um, to rise alongside those prices, including growth assets, um, rather than sort of trying to uh, protect uh, your short-term gains, but ultimately locking in real losses over the long term. And that brings us to the end of this edition of The Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance every week here on Monocle 24. You can listen again and find out more at monocle.com or catch up via your preferred podcast platform. The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24.